Area 941 podcast are produced and distributed by Community Powered 94.1 KPFA Radio. Please help support Area 941 at kpfa.org. I'm C.S. Song, KPFA's associate theater critic, and my guest in studio is Brady Morales Woolery. He's one of the lead actors in a play by Madeline George called The Curious Case of the Watson Intelligence, now being presented by Shotgun Players in Berkeley through September 10th. Brady, thanks for joining us, and I wonder if you could begin by talking about the plot line of this play. I think. At its core, it is a play about people looking to find a connection with other people. In in modern day, you know, with all of our new technologies, as well as you know, in the past, in the in the 30s, and in Victorian England, um, when you know there were different technologies being kind of pioneered at the time. But I think at its core, it's really about people trying to make a connection with another person and. A meaningful connection. And as it gets to the modern times, it deals with, you know, how technology kind of affects that. And tell us more about the specific time periods and dates that the play goes to and and why those dates or years are important. So I'll walk you through all of the dates. It's set in Victorian England. So the play's called The Watson Intelligence, The Curious Case of the Watson Intelligence. And so it deals with multiple Watsons. Um, it deals with the Watson from the Sherlock Holmes stories. So it takes place in Victorian England in, in those scenes. Right, and that's, so that's like Dr. Watson, his sidekick. Absolutely. Uh, then it also deals with Thomas Watson, who was the assistant, um, an engineer who worked with Alexander Graham Bell when he was developing the telephone, the initial prototype for the telephone. And he helped Bell build the telephone. So that's a historical Watson. Um, and his timeline is in the 1930s. And then the last two Watsons are modern, modern-day Watsons. One of them is just a regular guy who works for uh, a fictional kind of computer help company called the Dweeb Team. <laughs> and so that's set in around 2010, I believe we, we said it was. And the, um, the other Watson, which is a kind of computer, um, kind of like IBM's Watson, is also set in modern times. So those two kind of both work in the same time period. So you play a computer? I do. I play a computer. I play a computer and then three three other Watsons as well. So the time periods you referred to, so is what this play is doing and what the playwright Madeline George is doing, is she exploring times when there is a kind of advent of new technology and exploring the the impact that such a technology has on the human world? Yeah, I mean, she definitely touches on that. It's not her main focus. Um, she kind of takes those events and she uses in the play the way the Watson character in each time period is involved with that event. So him helping to design the telephone, him you know, working in Victorian England, helping Sherlock Holmes, and then in the play helping um, the Eliza character. And similarly... You know, the Watson, who is the artificial intelligence that the modern day Eliza is working with, as well as the dweeb team, Josh Watson, who helps Eliza and helps her ex-husband Merrick in the play. So it's like 
those technical events are in the play, those those advents, but at the same time, we kind of see how Watson is involved in kind of helping them and helping people with their various problems. And, you know, she could have chosen to have these different time periods depicted with different characters, and yet there is an Eliza in every one of these time periods. There is a Merrick in every one of these time periods. There is a Watson, a different Watson, sometimes a fictional Watson, sometimes a real-life Watson, like the, the Watson that helped Alexander Graham Bell. Um, what is your sense of why she might have done that and the impact that might have on the audience? Is it a question of trying to present parallel plot lines that create a kind of resonance that might not exist if it were, you know, different couples and different people with different names in these different time periods? Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head with that. Um we, you know, we definitely she wanted to create kind of a these parallel stories, but at the same time, I think it's about kind of stripping away um, necessarily character and just kind of having you know Watson kind of almost acts as a kind of general helper throughout the play, and it, it's kind of irrelevant that it that it happens to be a guy named Watson, and it's more about these people throughout history that have you know, never been the hero of the story or never been the the big person like Alexander Graham Bell that everyone remembers, uh, but still telling the story and, and showing them as really important kind of crucial people to the story. But we, you know, we might not necessarily even know their names. You know, I mean, my, myself, I of course knew the name Alexander Graham Bell, uh, but I had never heard of Thomas Watson, you know, before doing this play. And um, I think the play does a great job of kind of showing that, you know, throughout history, there have been all these people that we we never hear of in the history books that were just just as important as the the main person that we always hear about and remember. The modern Eliza in this play, uh, she is an inventor and an entrepreneur. She's into emotionally intelligent robotics and AI, artificial intelligence. Why is she so interested in creating uh, machines? And, and what does she want the machine that she is creating? What does she want it to do? So in the play, I think it is quite clear that the two characters, Eliza and her husband, uh, her ex-husband, Merrick, um, have issues making an emotional connection and have, have relationship issues that they are both dealing with. Different, different kinds of issues. Um, Eliza, in particular, needs certain things from from a partner, and I think she feels that, you know, in her marriage, she didn't get that from from Frank Merrick, and so I think that's part of the reason that she focuses on creating this emotionally intelligent robot or artificial intelligence that can help people, herself included, but also people in society that need help in all kinds of situations. In the play, she mentions, you know, veterans, um, people on the fringes of society, you know, poor people, maybe people who who English isn't their first language. But she she's trying to create an artificial intelligence that could kind of be their assistant and go with them. They could take the artificial intelligence with them into, 
you know, stressful situations where they need help. And the artificial intelligence could kind of be there with them, not just to help them, you know, answer questions or translate things or, or submit forms, but also I think just to be like a friend and kind of when they're in these, you know, high stress situations, you know, uh, applying for public housing, she mentions, or, or things like that. Um, sometimes it's nice to just have someone with you, you know, and, and these kinds of people are, are people that, you know, historically they might be on their own. And so I think it's a great idea, you know, in theory to have an artificial intelligence that would, their main goal would be to, to be there for you and to help you. And so I think it, it really stems from her desire to have someone like that in her own life that she can count on. And so she is kind of inspired to do that for for the world at large. And and also, you know, one of her goals is to make it affordable. Um, so, yeah, that's her goal to make this, you know, small portable device that's reasonably priced or, you know, affordable for people that they can take with them everywhere. And, you know, anytime they're in a stressful or a difficult situation, it can kind of be a friend for them. I'm C.S. Song. Brady Morales-Willery joins me. He is one of the lead actors in a play called The Curious Case of the Watson Intelligence, now being presented by Shotgun Players in Berkeley at the Ashby Stage through September 10th. It's been extended. The play is written, as you heard Brady say, by Madeline George and directed by Nancy Carlin. Yeah, this is an intriguing idea that you could develop a kind of robot or device that would take care of some of your practical needs, but also many of your emotional needs. What is your sense of the play's message as to the ability of humans to create such a device and also the desirability of humans to create such a device? Gosh, that's a, that's a tough question. I mean, I definitely feel that, you know, a lot of, a lot of the really intelligent people in the world are definitely working on that, you know, uh, artificial intelligence and things of that nature, which, you know, is really interesting and I think hopeful, but at the same time can be kind of scary because we, you know, hear these stories of artificial intelligence that kind of, you know, runs amok and, you know, tries to take over the world, uh, as we've seen in, you know, many films. Um, I definitely think it's coming, but I don't know, you know, the play deals with this as well, deals with the concept of, you know, human beings creating technology to make their lives better or easier and maybe even to to help us connect to other people. However, as that progresses, sometimes the technologies that we've created don't necessarily help us connect. They some of them, you know, kind of push us further apart. Case in point, Alexander Graham Bell created the telephone to help people connect over really long distances, right? I mean, across the country you could talk to your family or friends. Um, take it to the 2000s and smartphones have kind of just made it harder to connect because people are so consumed with always checking their emails or, you know, their social media and all that stuff and not, you know, really talking to people in person. And so I think artificial intelligence could be more of the same. You know, we we create it to help us be more effective in the world, but in the end it, it could just, you know, move us further apart as human beings. Yeah, that theme comes up a lot in this play. Uh, the word uncanny kept coming to my mind as the play developed. And this recurrence of the uncanny, which I imagine is kind of one of the intentions of the playwright, suggests to me that something magical and mysterious is taking place or keeps taking place. 
against the backdrop of all this technology and technological ambition. Would you agree with my hunch that kind of this tension or this contrast between the magical mysterious and the technological is something that the play wants to convey or to contemplate? Absolutely. I think that is a recurring theme in the play. And I think that that the playwright does a great job also of, of kind of weaving that into the play and making people question, you know, as they're watching, like, what exactly is happening? And when are we experiencing an uncanny moment within the play? And, you know, it especially comes up in the modern modern day timeline with, uh, you know, Eliza building this artificial intelligence. And she kind of starts asking herself, you know, is the the dweeb Watson, the the tech guy, could he possibly be a robot or an artificially intelligent being himself? And I think the play wants the audience to kind of grapple with that idea that, you know, maybe he is, maybe he isn't, maybe, you know, it kind of leaves the story kind of open to interpretation. Merrick, the the modern day Merrick, because again, this play features a number of characters in a number of different time periods with the same names. And often you can kind of see parallels between the characters, contrasts. It's very interesting. It's one of the uh, many interesting things in this play. So Frank Merrick is the ex-husband of Eliza in the, the most modern scene. And he is running for office. He's running for the position of auditor in his municipality. What does that have to do in your mind with some of the themes of this play that you've been discussing? I think Merrick as a character, at least, you know, in the beginning of the play and in the time, you know, that kind of took place before the play starts, um, he's married to Eliza Merrick and, um, she feels, you know, for whatever reason that their relationship is not working out. Um, he doesn't listen to her. He, you know, kind of, she says he he always needed to be on me constantly, right? So he's, you know, always around her. He He's very jealous. And I think he seems to be more concerned with kind of what's going on in his own life than anyone else's. But he was listening to her when she was, you know, talking about the government and the problems with the government. Uh, he mentions that she was you know, watching a documentary about Noam Chomsky. And so that kind of sticks with him. And he makes the decision to, you know, actually be the change he wants to see, quote unquote, in the world. And he finds out that the best way for him to do that would be to be city auditor. And so he decides to, you know, run. And it's interesting because, you know, it's such a big deal about him not listening to his ex-wife at all. But I think as the play progresses, he really kind of transforms into, you know, a different person. Yeah, and Eliza, his ex-wife, she sees problems like he does with uh, inequality and the lack of responsiveness of the government to people's needs. And so she has another solution in mind, but but it's very different, kind of the one you were suggesting earlier about how technology can come in and make things a whole lot better. Absolutely. In the place she says, you know, she talks about all the problems and she says that, you know, Maybe we could get change to happen by electing the right people into office, but that kind of thing could take generations. You know, democracy is slow. Technology is fast. And the director, Nancy Carlin, she says, I I believe maybe it's in the program or the press materials, that 
as she got into the play, as she read it, as she was developing it, as she was working with the actors, she was learning more about what the play meant. And it was sort of like, um, these are my words, not hers, but kind of peeling the onion because there's so many layers to this play. Was that your experience? Absolutely. I felt like almost every rehearsal, kind of collectively as as a cast and crew, we discovered more secrets about the play. You know, every time we were finding kind of parallels, we were finding even the same line that multiple people in different timelines use. And we were finding these common moments and common threads throughout the play. And it's one of these plays that requires multiple viewings in order to to just start seeing these different parallels. You know, there are things that come up, you know, references to hands, references to the feeling of, you know, kind of a blow to the heart, you know, in relationships or or in life. I think it was in the second half of this play that I I just felt like I was in the presence of a formidable intellect. And uh, I have no doubt you're smart and the other actors are smart and uh, Nancy Carlin is smart, but um, Madeline George just really impressed me with uh, just yeah the, the what she was writing about how she wrote about it how she approached things the research that went into this play it's i found it really remarkable yeah it's fantastic it's such a smartly written play but also the way she deals with technology um you know i think it would be easy for this kind of play to just kind of be a lot of technical jargon that didn't make sense to people but she wrote it in such a way that, especially with Sarah Mitchell delivering some of the the more technologically complex lines, it just, it makes sense, you know, even if we don't know exactly what she's talking about from a technological standpoint, it's just so poetic in the way that it's written that I think she does a great way of, of, of showing us, you know, what it means. Brady Morales- Woolery. He's a theater and film actor and one of the three lead actors in a play called The Curious Case of the Watson Intelligence. It's now being staged by Shotgun Players in Berkeley through September 10th. It's written by Madeline George and directed by Nancy Carlin. The play was a finalist for the 2014 Pulitzer Prize in Drama. For more information, you can go to Shotgun Players, all one word, shotgunplayers.org, or you can call 510-841-6500. That's 510-841-6500. Brady, congratulations on this play. I really enjoyed it, and uh, best wishes for the rest of the run. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And I'm C.S. Song on Bay Area Theater for KPFA.